Welcome to day 253 of Shaped by the Word, season two, the drama of scripture. I'm Paul Kemp here with Cindy Kemp, David Keefe, and Matt Krizge, the new father. So Matt, how are you sleeping these days? Still sleeping, sleeping well. You should not be. Yeah. Wrong answer. Yeah, wrong answer. Like, 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 like a baby, not like, like a baby. Mom, yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's good. Uh, we've been journeying through the prophets. So last week we concluded our you know time in Isaiah. And Isaiah is um, probably uh, a nice template to look at to, you know, what prophecy looks like. As you read prophecy, you will move into nice poetic sessions, you know, sections that move immediately from judgment to restoration. Uh, you have a near future that is looking for the restoration of the nation, and then you have a far future that's looking for the complete restoration of all things. And so we come to uh, the prophet Jeremiah. Not many people realize this, but this is the longest book in your Old Testament. Uh, so, uh, And Genesis follows right after that. Most people would probably say Psalms because there's more chapters in, in the Psalms than any other book, but uh, Genesis is a long book, and so is Jeremiah. And he's written a companion volume to this, Lamentations, which is appropriate. Uh, Jeremiah is prophesying at the time uh, that uh, Judah actually is conquered and goes into exile. And, uh, of course, finally that Jerusalem falls and the city is uh, torn you know, from top to bottom. So this chronologically doesn't keep us with where we're going through the narrative passages, but chronologically it's preparing us for the coming of Christ because... Uh, the renewal that is talked about is not simply a renewal of a nation, but it's a renewal that will come through the person of Christ. Uh, Jeremiah has done a wonderful job of you know, describing sin of idolatry. You know, in uh, Jeremiah 2, he said, My people have committed two sins. They've forsaken me, uh, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. So idolatry is far more than just simply uh, looking to you know false gods, idolatry is uh, rejecting God and and building our own systems and relying on those systems far more than we do. And of course, in chapter twenty nine, uh, which is just before this, one of the most famous passages in Jeremiah, I know they have the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And what a relief that is, because the first twenty nine chapters of uh, Jeremiah. I talk about the judgment of Israel. These middle chapters, which we'll cover this week, talk about the renewal of Israel. And then the final chapters of Jeremiah speak of that renewal in terms that are almost beyond imagination, the restoration of the temple, the restoration of the people, the restoration you know, of the sacrificial system. And, and they talk about you know, the beauty of what God will one day do, which by the time Jesus comes has not happened. They're still beleaguered people. So we begin with Jeremiah 30. Uh, we'll read uh, four chapters you know, this week from Jeremiah and then a, a chapter from Ezekiel as well. And all of these are centered on our preparation for uh, the new covenant. So before we read, as always, we offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. So we're going we're gonna to let Matt uh, pray first in case he falls asleep somewhere during the podcast. Yeah. So Matt, you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we are, are grateful um, to be your people, to be people of the new covenant who have um, received the, the promises um, in Christ Jesus, who have received um, salvation. Father, we, we ask as we read your word together that you would edify us, that you would build us up and, and remind us of um, your heart and your character. Father, we thank you that you have spoken through your word, and, and we thank you that every time we read it, um, you, you do something through it. And so, Father, be with us. Um, Give us eyes to, to see and ears to hear. 
Um, Father, would you stir us um, up, and would you uh, would you cause a, a deep love to take root um, for you? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. And Jeremiah 30. And this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Write in the book all the words I have spoken to you. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will bring my people Israel and Judah back from captivity and restore them to the land I gave their ancestors to possess, says the Lord. These are the words the Lord spoke concerning Israel and Judah. This is what the Lord says. Cries of fear are heard, terror, not peace. Ask and see, can a man bear children? Then why do I see very strong man with his hand on his stomach like a woman in labor? Every, first, every face turned to deathly pale. How awful that day will be. No other will be like it. It will be a time of trouble for Jacob, but he will be saved out of it. And that day declares the Lord Almighty, I'll break the yoke off their necks and will tear off their bonds. No longer will foreigners enslave them. Instead, they will serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. So do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant. Do not be dismayed, Israel, declares the Lord. I will surely save you out of a distant place or descendants from the land of their exile. Jacob will again have peace and security, and no one will make them afraid. I am with you and will save you, declares the Lord. Though I completely destroyed all the nations among which I scattered you, I will not completely destroy you. I will discipline you, but only in due measure. I will not let you go entirely unpunished. This is what the Lord says. Your wound is incurable, your injury beyond healing. There is no one to plead your cause, no remedy for your sore, no healing for you. All your allies have forgotten you. They care nothing for you. I have struck you as an enemy, would and punished you as would the cruel, because your guilt is so great and your sins so many. Why do you cry out over your wound, your pain that has no cure? Because of your great guilt and many sins, I have done these things to you. But all who devour you will be devoured. All your enemies will go into exile. Those who plunder you will be plundered. All who make spoil of you, I will despoil. But I'll restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord, because you are called an outcast, Zion, from whom no one cares. This is what the Lord says. I'll restore the fortunes of Jacob's tents and have compassion on his dwellings. The city will be built on her ruins and the palace will stand in its proper place. From them will come songs of thanksgiving and the sound of rejoicing. I will add to their numbers, and they will not be decreased. I'll bring them honor, and they will not be disdained. Their children will be as in days of old, and their community will be established before me. I'll punish all who oppress them. Their leader will be one of their own. Their ruler will rise from among them. I'll bring him near, and he will come close to me. For who, he, for who is he who will devote himself to be close to me, declares the Lord. So you will be my people, and I will be your God. See the storm of the Lord? Will the burst out in wrath, a driving wind swirling down on the heads of the wicked? The fierce anger of the Lord will not turn back until he fully accomplishes the purpose of his heart. In days to come, you will understand this. So you have a nice turn in the tone, you know, of Jeremiah from, you know, one of judgment to hope, but you still see uh, into the sense of judgment. And of course, you know, Jeremiah, a famous theme, you know, with Jeremiah is that incurable wound. Uh, you have an open wound that is beyond anything that you know that salve can bring, and of course he, he talks about the heart being desperately wicked, and who can who can know it? So he's talking about a restoration that is a restoration from beginning to end, a work of grace, as he raises up a leader who will draw near to him. So it's a wonderful you know passage as we move toward the new covenant promises. It's so cool to see when he does talk about you know your wound is in, incurable. You know, he also says at the end, but I will restore your health 
and heal your wounds, you know. And so, yeah, that incurable wound, that the deep sin that's in all of us that we can never rid, no matter how hard we might try, is finds its cure not in you know human self-effort or in our own achievement, but in the mercy and the grace of God through uh, Christ Jesus to come. Not simply a gracious work, but a, you know, a deeply miraculous work. And of course, it'll be described, you know, in, in the next chapters, especially when we get to Ezekiel, is a work, it's a, a deep heart work, uh, changes our heart, changes our disposition, and changes, mm-hmm. you know, everything about us. I think that's what I always love, too, about um, the New Testament. Jesus is constantly healing, you know, he makes the lame to walk, he opens the eyes of the blind, and he restores life. And so I just, I mean, his healing had such purpose but it really did point to you know the ultimate work and and and, and of course the new testament commonly uses the word signs you know to speak of the miraculous work you know uh, you know of jesus sometimes signs and wonders wonders because they demonstrate the power of god signs is because they uh, typify uh, an outward work that reflects the inward work you know that, that god is doing in us he is restoring all things so it's not just Simply, you know, that the blind see. It's the spiritual blind, you know, you can see. And it's not, you know, just that the lame walk, but those who, uh, you know, are spiritually unable uh, to move themselves or mm-hmm. able to move. So you do have a, you know, a nice picture of that. Mm-hmm. I love to, you know. And, and Matt is still awake after still 10 awake. minutes. Yeah, <laughs> John, bro. This is the one thing that keeps me awake. Um, you know, the, the thing I love is as we've been reading this, we've seen the kind of the, the unfolding of the covenants, you know, and and this chapter is full of, of covenant language, you know, even yeah. going back to just the Abrahamic covenant, you see, you know, I will restore to them the land I gave their ancestors to possess. And that's a big theme and, you know, to Abraham. But even when he begins to talk about rescuing them and, you know, I will bring you out of slavery, I'll break the bonds. We're reminded of that Exodus experience where God's already done this in the past and he's promising to do it again. And you get that kind of at the end of chapter 30, the covenant language. So you'll be my people and I will be your God. You know, and just, the, and he even talks about David here too, you know. You I'll, I'll raise up from the ruler of David. And so we're seeing uh, yeah. these, these aspects yeah. all along, these little uh. covenant promises um, kind of culminating in, in the new covenant where God will be our guy, we will be his people because he's done something far greater than he has in the past. Now, in, in uh, the, you know, the Exodus is always a, a portrait of salvation where God, you know, breaks the bond of our slavery and delivers us. And you just have that nice little phrase in the middle of that uh, so that you will be my people and I'll be your God to bring us into an intimate you know, relationship with him. So his, his, his purpose is to uh, form a people uh, who know him and walk with him and live in his, his his blessing, reflect his heart and his character, and for his glory and for the sake of the nations. And of course, mm-hmm. this is the purpose that Israel has failed to live into. And of course, the purpose uh, we in the church fail to live into. We often uh, we often desire the privileges of relationship with God, but to fail to take on the responsibilities of that relationship, which is to mm-hmm. to be uh, the, the communal aspect of it, not to be persons. You know, that I have collecting a lot of individuals that have no connection to each other, but I'm building a people, and that people together in community are a reflection of who I am. And you also get to see just kind of the, in verse 8, you know, he talks about, you know, in the day declares the Lord Almighty, I will break the yoke off their necks and, and tear off their bonds. And so obviously there is a there is a bad yoke, the yoke of, of slavery and the yoke of sin and rebellion, but then 
you know, we move forward to the gospels and there is another yoke, but it's, you know, the yoke, um, that that's light, um, and and the yoke that's easy. It's, it's the invitation of Christ back in. So just love how even this yoke, which is seen as this kind of restrictive burdensome thing is actually even redeemed, you know, in Christ. Yeah. And, and of course that's, you know, Jesus promised my yoke Mm -hmm. is easy and my burden is light. So, uh, we we move from a harsh taskmaster to a very gentle taskmaster, and our our task in and of itself becomes a task that brings renewal and joy, uh, you know, as, as part of the process. So we uh, we prefer, you know, we prefer uh, we prefer the harsh yoke, you know, the the broken cisterns, you know, that do not hold water, because we feel like we are in control, but we are never, you know, more. Uh, you know, as Jesus would say, you know, whenever the uh, Jewish leader said, you know, we are free and never been slaves of anyone. And Jesus said, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. And by the way, you're also slaves of worm and everyone else, right? But anyway, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. So it is a, it is not that we don't have a yoke, but it is a yoke that is renewing and we find rest for our souls. David, you mind uh, closing us with a word of prayer? No, let's pray. Father, we, we know, as we've seen all throughout the story of Scripture so far, that we have turned from you time and time again, and yet you and your grace, you, you offer us restoration and renewal, peace and rest. Um, you lighten our burdens. And so thank you so much that all of Scripture points to Christ, how fun it is to, to see that happening day after day as we behold your word. Uh, May we in turn then behold Christ. We pray this all in his name. Amen. Mm